Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Cameron Norris, Rob Longo, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Awesome, awesome. Everybody take a moment. Whoop, Christmas is coming. And get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. But before we break open the bread of life, Cameron, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and have those hearts that are set on fire to share the good news? Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into the conversation. And we ask that you would be with us. We ask that it would not be our words, but your words as we reflect on the scripture today. And I pray for the listeners that are listening to this, whether they're in their car, their office, their home, wherever they are, that you would be there also. That you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our senses to what you have for us today, your bread of life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Beautiful. Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. And- Rob, do you mind giving us a little <clears throat> gospel love? I would love to. Uh, so gospel is from Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 24. Matthew 1, 18 to 24. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Rob, as you were sharing, this first sentence just jumped out at me. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. And and what jumped out of me is this, have we written down our story and have we shared it with our children and friends of how Jesus Christ was birthed in our hearts? Those conversion stories are so critically, critically important. I mean, I remember the date, you know, November 11th, 2004. I remember what happened. Are we writing them down? Are we sharing them with our children? Are we sharing them with our friends because those stories have power? So for me, it, it just really challenged me, you know? 
This is how the birth of Jesus came about. Write your story. Tell your story. Tell your children. Tell your grandchildren. And write it down so they can pass it on, lest we forget. And then share of all the good works. Just as the Bible does of Jesus' story, of the Lord Jesus and what he chose to do in us, with us, and through us. Amen. That's awesome. When we talk about writing stories, this one this one thing that uh, has been on my heart for a few years, I've been writing letters to <clears throat> generations that I'll never meet. So we have three kids right now, six-year-old, four-year-old, two-year-old. I'll bring this up in reverse. Could you imagine getting a letter from your great-great-great-great-grandpa, grandma, that says, I'm never going to meet you, but I made choices today with you in mind. You were on my heart today. I prayed for you and your future and your family. Wow. I sowed seeds that I can never see the fruit of, but they're for you today. I specifically did this and that and this. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I don't have those letters from those generations, but the generations from, from now on will have those letters. We get we get a chance to do you know we get these promptings for things. It's it's not by accident. I, my my grandpa came over from Italy, and then his dad after they were here he he died at at work in a, a explosion a concrete plant. Oh. I always wanted to know his story, you know, more than from my grandpa. Just a few things about him. Imagine if he would have written a letter to the family about we left everything we left our family our friends our money our houses our neighborhood not for us it's going to be hard for us but so that our children's children children will be able to have a foundation to be able to pro if that letter would be in place we would read it at every christmas meal or you know what i mean what an impactful thing. So, Dave, I think it's so beautiful what you're talking about. Do we pass on our testimony, our story to the next generation? Just as, as beautiful as this story is in Matthew 1, how precious are all of the stories that we have to share with each other? And, and some of the most impactful things that have happened in my life are other people's testimonies of God's goodness. Wow. And, and Cameron, the... Got the got the God bumps when you were talking about that. That is, uh, it's so beautiful, and the the power of of the written word when you when you when you read someone else's words to you, and uh, it's just, there's something powerful. So last week I was talking about our um, our trip to adoration, you know, before Thanksgiving dinner, and it was uh, the four kids and me. And what I didn't get to share was when I got to Grace, our oldest. She was the last one that I sat next to and hugged and thanked God for. So for those who didn't listen, at, uh, right before Thanksgiving dinner, I took four out of the five of the kids to adoration, came to the chapel, no one was there. Everyone was spread out in their own pew, not by us saying we we're gonna do it, but just led by the Holy Spirit. And then at a, at a certain point, I just was prompted to sit next to each one, hug them, tell them I love them and thank God for them. Grace, our oldest, was the last one that I did that with. And she pulls out a letter on Thanksgiving with thank you, dad, written on the envelope. And she hands it to me. And I opened the letter. I said, I said, can I read it now? She goes, 
Yeah, absolutely. So I opened the letter and in front of our Lord with my daughter next to me, and it was that chapel that we would spend so much time together when she was little. She had what we called the coloring ministry. She would bring her coloring book <laughs> and she would color pictures and she would go and hand them to the, to the people and they knew little Grace. Oh, it's precious. Yeah, so in that chapel, I read this letter that she wrote to me, thanking me for being her dad and, and the relationship that we've developed over the years and the example that I've shown her. And I mean, I, I haven't, it's, it hasn't been off of my person since. Yeah. And I, and I read it often and I, you know, I, you know, gave her a big hug there. I said, I can't believe like, we didn't know we were going to do this. She had no idea that, that we were going to be in adoration that I was going to read it when she wrote that. But God put that together in the chapel, in his presence, the chapel that we spent so much time with as she grew up. Now she's a senior in high school, discerning what her next phase of life is going to be. And I get to read this gift, her handwritten note to me. Yeah, guys, as a yeah. father, I mean, I was done. I was, yeah. I was right. You yeah. know, that was, yeah. What a quick question and answer. What is a written word? It's a thought that you can see. Ooh. I might have some beautiful thoughts about my friends, even in this room or my family. Wow. If that's where they stay, a written word is a thought that you can see. Wow. It's uh, strange that, not strange, I mean, it's probably a gift of the Holy Spirit, but um, not two days ago, my wife and I were talking about, um, we're doing some things, clean up the house, rearranging some things, Christmas time, you know, that, that time of year. And mentioned something to her about finding some things under some papers, and then for some reason it came up that we had she had written letters to me, little notes in school, because we started dating when we were fifteen in high school, um, cool. and so we she we would see each other every day. We were in different classes, you know, at Lebanon Catholic, and she'd hand me a note at lunchtime, and I would hand her a note hmm. back after I read it, and uh, but she saved all of them, and I'm I'm estimating there's probably several hundred of them wow. and wow. we were talking about maybe we should go back and read through them and i'm um, you know it was it was a very good a very pure relationship that we had so i'm not worried about any we kept them over the years i'm not worried about any of my kids seeing them or anything <laughs> like that but just it was the dumb things that we shared it was oh, i had this didn't study for this test and i didn't do well you know that it was that kind of stuff that you shared and when things went well you know uh, she got picked for a big part in the play, and I got elected co-captain of the football. You know, it was that kind of stuff that's in there, and and you're you're exactly right. I mean, those are things that we're going to keep and go through. But I didn't ever consider that someday maybe our kids will will go looking through them, and that's a different picture of their parents than because we were you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old at the time. So it wasn't uh, you know. And and it's a gift I'm thinking about now. We said, oh, we should go take a look at them. And now when you're talking about the, really the legacy that you leave, I, I often wondered why we even bothered saving them, you know? Cause, yeah. But I think the older they get, the more precious they are to us, and maybe they will be someday to our kids. Absolutely. We've all lost people, right? Friends, family. Yeah. What are What are the things that we treasure? Is it like the most valuable thing that they left behind or maybe a picture, a memory, a note, yeah, a yeah. word of encouragement. Yeah, and I love the next verse. It really reminds me of something. Rob, you and I were both there. This was about 12, 13 years ago. And it's when his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, 
she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. We broke open the scripture verse at a gospel reflection group in Chester, Pennsylvania, probably 12, 13 years ago. And I shared the fact that every child in the womb of a mother was created by God. God created the soul, tended it to the body, that, that God doesn't make mistakes. There's no accidents for God. We human beings, we make mistakes, but God doesn't. And we shared this fact, or I shared this fact in this group, not knowing there was a man there who was prepared to give counsel to his daughter to take the life of her wow. child because the daughter, I believe, was probably 15 years old, I believe, if I remember correctly. And I shared the fact that, and, and I didn't know this when I was wow. sharing it, that Mary was about 14 or 15 as we come to understand yeah. it. She became pre- pregnant. I said, but remember, God doesn't make an accident. That child is a precious gift. That child is another opportunity through its uniqueness to bring Christ into the world. We here in the United States are we're allowing this voice of lie to go out that says it's, it's, it's just, uh, just a, a cells, it's just a zygote, it's just a, stop it. We have allowed 60 million children to be aborted, which is the work of the enemy of our soul, to keep Christ from coming into the world because we fail to speak up the truth. The woman's body, it's not about her health. She has a uterus. It's for another body, another soul, another child. God created that organ in a woman to form this beautiful, precious child. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to stand for this truth and deliver this message with love and have compassion and mercy and forgiveness and love for those that the enemy has deceived, that they've allowed a child's life to be taken. They're not. You know, they're, they're going to carry that their whole life. They need our prayers, not our condemnation. But don't be deceived or blinded by the enemy and his words of it's about women's health. It is not. It has nothing to do with the health of a woman. It is about a baby that God, God who doesn't make mistakes, is forming in her womb. That God is knitting the soul to that body. Satan cannot create a soul. Satan did not create one of the 7.8 billion human beings in this world. God did. When are we going to have the courage to stand up and share that truth? And don't let the enemy, to keep us silent with fear, be bold for our faith. Jesus says, if you deny me before others, I'll deny you before my Father. Well, Jesus is the Word of God, the same Word we just broke open today. When we deny this truth in front of others, are we not denying Jesus Christ? So let us wake up and stand on our truths. Marriage is between one man and one woman ordained by God. Why? Because it's a sign and a symbol that points to the eternal exchange of love between God the Father and the Son, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's why there's no marriages in heaven but one. Jesus Christ with each and every one of us. We're the brides. He's the bridegroom. Two men and two women can love each other. Absolutely. They can get all the tax benefits, but it's not a marriage. It's not a marriage. Why? 
Because a marriage is supposed to reflect God who is love. Love is free, total, faithful, and fruitful. It can't be just three out of four. It's got to be four out of four. That's what we believe as Christians who are biblically faith-believing Christians and Catholics and evangelicals who believe the Word of God and don't deny it. We love those two men and those two women, and they're allowed to love each other correctly, purely, chastely. If the government wants to give them tax benefits, God bless, go do that. That's your choice. But you can't call it a marriage and force us to participate in that. Amen. That's so good. I love this time of year. I'm looking at this word on here, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. One of my favorite parts of this time of year, you go to the mall, you go to Park City, and you can hear, Park City is a local mall here, you can hear all of these beautiful Christmas carols. I mean, through the loudspeaker, they're playing, let earth receive her king. <laughs> I mean, what more prophetic song can there be? That's, that's the future. Hmm. So <clears throat> that comes to mind as we're here around the Christmas holidays. It, it's a time where there's no doubt what the holiday is about. There's no doubt that what we're celebrating and, and it's almost like it's okay to sing these kind of songs during this period of time, but I just want to encourage you, come January, February, March, April, May, I think we sh still need to be singing those songs in our heart. Let earth receive her king. Emmanuel, God with us. The, the song that I, that I think of is, um, or the part of the song is, Oh, come let us adore him. Uh, so this, this week we have some visits at schools where we'll be in adoration with the students. And that's what we're doing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. So that's not a Christmas time thing. That's not a calendar that's right. driven. That's a lifestyle. That's a decision. That's, as we've spoken weeks past, that's a, an all-in surrender that I want to live a life of adoration. Yes, I can adore the Lord in the Eucharist fully present, but I can adore the Lord in you guys. Like we are, I'm in adoration now. I'm so thankful for all of you in my life. And we're, I'm adoring the Lord by hanging out with you and sharing our faith together. I can adore the Lord when I see the sunrise, when I come on my early morning drives to, to, uh, to Elizabethtown. I can, I can adore the Lord at the, at the raindrops. Every, life can be adoration, right? Then, then, then we just have that wonder and awe. It's like, all right, Lord, what, how am I going to adore you today? Right, so that's right. You know, absolutely, Cameron. That this is not a, uh, you know, and, and, the, and the the culture and society is going to be like, okay, December twenty sixth, done on the Valentine's. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, definitely. What, what, what can we sell you next? Yep. Uh, but no, Christmas celebration starts on Christmas, and it goes, it goes. If you want to party like a Christian, get on board, man. We we just start the party celebrating Jesus' birth on Christmas. Let's uh, let's keep it going. And the last I looked, Christmas is made up of two words, Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T, and Mass, M-A-S-S. -S. Don't forget the reason for the season. For me, it really bothered me as, as the steward of the Star Barn Village and the Stone Gables Estate that 
all the light shows in the local area had taken everything faith-based out. No nativity, no angels. They were even taking Santa Claus out because he's Saint Nick. He reflects back to Saint Nicholas. I said, this isn't right. So the Lord put it in my heart. And we did it at the Stone Gables Estate this, this year and last year, the lights of Christ in lights. It's the Christmas story, all of our traditions told in lights. We're telling our story. We're sharing about our family story. Why do we use holly wreaths? Because it represents the crown of thorns that Jesus wore for each of us. The red berries, his red drop, drops of blood, the points of the leaves, his, the thorns in his, in, in, that, that pierced him. It's amazing as we start to learn our story and share our story and the impact it has in the tens of thousands of people that will drive through that three-mile light show that's called the life of Christ in lights, the true meaning of Christmas, the celebration of the birth of Christ, how like little children, their hearts come alive. They see the beauty of the lights we say at the end. We hope you enjoyed that. And we hope that you leave with the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, tell your story. Learn your story. Share it with others. Put the nativities back out in front of our churches. Put the nativities back out in front of our, in our yards. Be not afraid 365 times in the Bible. Be not afraid. Fear is of the enemy. Put up our nativities. Light them up. Proclaim the truth in the front yard of our house is a life-size nativity that says, wise men still seek him. Excuse me. Let's proclaim the message to the world. Don't go dark. Don't follow the, the ways of the world. The, the gift of life. And, and Joseph is highlighted in this gospel as an amazing example. Amazing example. There, there's a gentleman that I and talking to, and his, his passion is not only pro-life, but pro-abundant life. One man, one woman, united in marriage, raising their children. It's not just about saving babies. It's about uniting families. And, and he always says that Joseph is the key, that this was an unplanned pregnancy that didn't become a crisis pregnancy. He was, he was tempted to culturally have a cultural abortion, but Mary and the child within her are out. That was a cultural abortion at the time. But through God's message, through his obedience, through, his, through Joseph's docility, he said no. And he went, right? So for the men out there, right, we, have to, we have to be Joseph to the world. God could have chosen anybody to be the earthly father, not just foster father, to be the virginal father of Jesus. He chose Joseph. Why? Because this man had a spirituality right? He embraced silence. He allowed, allowed the Lord to speak to him. He was his son. He embraced silence. He embraced women. He embraced his essence to love women rightly. All women, his, his wife, Mary, and us as well, right? We need to embrace all women, our wives, and then ultimately the blessed mother. He embraced his charitable authority. He was the least qualified, but he was a spiritual leader in his home, right? <laughs> With Mary and, and Jesus, right? So he embraced his charitable authority and then he embraced the child. He was side by side with Jesus. Jesus was side by side with him, learning how to live, learning how to pray, learning the faith. So guys, you know, we're all four men here, and Michael, our, our engineer, right? we're five men here, we're called to be Joseph in the world, to be the image of the Father, right? To be a Father on earth like the Father in heaven, walking in his footsteps, walking in Joseph's footsteps. 
The world needs men to claim that, to live that every day. And just as Joseph stood and protected and defended the Christ child in the womb of Mary, that's our call. The unborn that need us to be the voice of that child in the womb, to stand and defend these lives of these precious children, each and every one of them, another opportunity to bring Christ into the world. Don't underestimate, it's the enemy of our soul that is the one behind all of it. I'm, and I think, too, with you know, the words of the angel to this righteous man that you, you were talking about, Rob, uh, and, and I think it's very insightful that you're bringing these, these um, pro-life thoughts up at a time when, mm-hmm. and you mentioned, Rob, this, this truly was an unplanned pregnancy. I don't know that a lot of people think of it that way. But but it, and it and it did not become a crisis pregnancy, but the words of the angel here I think are really uh, instructive for us because it, it, he the angel says to to Joseph it's through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her, and every time I read that I think about a passage from uh, a book called True Devotion to the Holy Spirit by Archbishop Martinez who used to be Archbishop of um, Mexico, and he said that whenever Jesus is conceived in in our hearts. It's always because of the work of the Holy Spirit through the heart of the Blessed Mother. Mm. There always has to be those two. Otherwise, Jesus cannot be conceived. And when we think about what the heart of the Blessed Mother is, I mean, it's, it's the Magnificat. It's the prayer that she says, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Do, you know, do what you will to me. I, you know, I, I accept whatever it is. And I think that's the really... Um, the core of what this is about. And it certainly is a pro-life message, you know? Absolutely. Be not afraid. God is with us. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't think you have the courage? Pray for the gift from the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives us courage. Let us stand and hold, allowing God to do this battle. Ladies and gentlemen, he's chosen us at this time to stand for life, to stand for marriage to stand for Jesus Christ in his word and his truth. Voting as Christians is not an option. When we stand and hold and then invite others, as Moses did, to hold our arms up in prayer, the battle is the Lord's, and guess who will be victorious? The Lord will. But when we fold and when we're silent, the enemy wins another. Another opportunity is put out. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless you. Be the lights in the world that the world needs. Let's be the world changer God created us to be. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.